Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you, Elon. It's been uh, almost six years where I sat with you here in this platform with a great audience. Uh, it was your uh, first trip to Dubai with your family. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was wonderful. Uh, uh, very much enjoyed. Um, I, and I, I, I see my, my head is gigantic on this day. <laughs> I'm heavy. My head is growing larger uh, since we last met. Is it, is, it, is it because of Twitter? Yeah, I, I don't know, perhaps. <laughs> uh, it, um, it, Twitter is it's, it's certainly um, uh, quite the roller coaster. Uh, Elon, just you know, it's been it's been six years. Uh, within six years, we've seen uh, tremendous things since our our last conversation. We've seen the pandemic, uh, Russia and Ukraine war, uh, development of uh, Chat GPT. Uh, you launched uh, Starship. Uh, you recently also acquired uh, Twitter. Can I ask you this question? What? <laughs> Why, why, why you bought Twitter? Why didn't you create your own platform? Maybe it was cheaper for you? I mean, I thought about creating something from scratch, um, but uh, I, I, th I thought it would, it, Twitter would perhaps accelerate progress versus creating something from scratch by three to five years. Um, and um, I think we are seeing just a tremendous technology acceleration uh, that you know, th three to five years is actually worth a lot. Uh, so, I mean, in fact, I was a little worried about the direction that, and the, and the effect uh, of social media on the world, and especially Twitter, and um, I, I thought it was very important for there to be a maximally trusted sort of digital public square um, where people, you know, within countries and internationally could communicate uh, with um, you know uh, the, the least amount of censorship uh, allowed by law. Uh, obviously, that varies a lot by jurisdiction, but I think in general, um, you know, social media companies should adhere to the laws of of countries and not try to put a thumb on the scale beyond the laws of countries. Um, so, and I, and I think this is something that is probably agreeable to. Um, the uh, you know the, le the legislators and, and the people of most countries. So so I, I think it's that's the general idea. It's just um, to reflect the values of, of the people um, as opposed to imposing the values um, of essentially San Francisco and Berkeley, um, which are somewhat of a niche ideology um, as compared to the rest of the world. And, but, but, you know, Twitter was, I think, doing a little too much to impose um, a niche, as, as, you know, San Francisco Berkeley ideology in the world. Um, so, you know, I, I thought the, it was important kind of for the future of civilization to try to correct that uh, thumb on the scale, if you will. Um, and and, uh, and and just more, have Twitter more accurately reflect, uh, like I said, the, the values of the, the, the people of Earth. Um, that's the that's the that's the intention, um, and uh, hopefully we succeed in, in, in doing that. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, 
But how do you see Twitter if we, we say five years down the road? What's your vision for, for this platform? What, sh what should it do? Well, I think it would be, I'd like to you know, have a sort of long-term vision of something called uh, X.com from back at, way back in the day, uh, which is kind of like a, a um, sort of like an everything app um, where it's just maximally useful. It does, you know, payments, uh, does, um, uh, so it provides financial services, provides information flow, um, really anything digital. Um, and um, it also provides secure communications. Um, so, I think you know, be, be as useful as possible, as entertaining as possible, um, and uh, also to be like a, a source of, of truth. Like if you want to uh, find out what's going on and what's really going on, um, then you could, should be able to go on 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 you know X, the X app, and um, and, and find out. So it's a sort of source, a sort of a, a source of truth, and a maximally useful. I guess app is about wrong word, but system. Um, and and Twitter is essentially an accelerant to that sort of maximally useful everything app. Um, yeah. How how you are gonna? I mean, if you look at Twitter today, I mean, it's it's a platform. Sometimes there is a lot of misinformation in Twitter. Sometimes I don't feel comfortable even because there is some way there is this negative between nation, between people, between a different uh, ethnic uh, group. There is this hate thing. How you are, how you are going to fix this issue where you are, you are on a mission with, for humanity to get them together? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think there's... Um, there's something that we're, that we're putting a lot of effort into called Community Notes. Um, it's currently just in English, but we will be expanding it to uh, all languages. Um, that is, I think, quite a, a good way to um, assess the, the truth of things, where it's the community itself, basically the, you know, the, the people of Earth who are basically, you know, um, not exactly voting, but, but competing to provide the most accurate information. So it's sort of a competition for truth. Um, and I think it's a very powerful concept to have a competition for truth. Um, and because well, you can also say, like, what, what is true? It's because what may be true to some may not be viewed as true to others. But you want to have the closest approximation of that. So I think that the community notes thing is very powerful. Um, I think the uh, trying to have as many organizations uh, and people and institutions uh, verified um, as being legitimately those people and organizations is, is important. Um, and to have the organizational affiliation clearly identified um, so that if you want to find out if somebody's actually, if, if an account is actually, say, from a member of parliament or a journalist or uh, if, if a, let's say, if, if a Twitter handle is uh, actually belongs to, say, Disney Corporation or something like that, you, you, can, you can go on Twitter and it's, it's sort of an identity layer uh, of the internet. You, you can confirm that that is in fact the, the case. And, and I think once you've got these sort of interlocking um, sort of identities, uh, it's, it's actually very hard to be deceptive in that case. Uh, because, and, and it's also you have a reputation to protect at that point. 
So I think then people are far more likely to be measured in their response um, and um, be, more, be more reasonable since they have reputational value at that point. Um, so these are some of the ideas that I have. Um, and you know, I'm not saying that for sure it will succeed or that it's going to be perfect, but I, 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 I am confident that it will, over time, head into a, in a good direction. Um, and, and, um, and, and I think that the, the evidence for that will be do people find it useful? Um, you know, as we're measuring sort of the you know, total user minutes, but not just user minutes, um, unregretted user minutes is, I think, the, the, the key figure of merit. Um, you know, because, um, well, for example, TikTok has a lot of very high usage. I often hear people say, well, I spent two hours on TikTok, but I regret those two hours. Um, I'm not trying to try knock TikTok, but it's just, we don't want that to be the case with Twitter. We want to say, like, okay, you spent half an hour on Twitter, but you found it to be useful and entertaining and um, a good thing in your life. Um, and also, it be a force for good for civilization. That, that's the aspiration. Thank you. Uh, Elon, we have over 150 government within the World Government Summit. Global leaders, they have 8 billion customers, their citizens. How government can use Twitter better to serve a citizen? Yeah, um, well, I, I think generally um, I would recommend, um, you know, really communicating a lot uh, on Twitter. Um, and uh, I think it's good for people to speak in, in their voice as opposed to how they think they should speak. You know, like, um, you, you know, sometimes like, people think, well, I, I, I should speak in this like, way that is expected of me. But, but it, it ends up sounding, I think, somewhat at times somewhat stiff but, and, and, and not, not real. Um, you know, like if you read a press release from a corporation, it just sounds like propaganda. So. I would like encourage uh, CEOs and um, companies and uh, you know legislators and um, you know ministers and so forth to to speak authentically uh, uh, and to you know if there's a say a particular policy to explain it um, and um, and I, I think there's you know sometimes a concern about criticism but I, I think at the end of the day, you know, having some some criticism is is fine. You know, it's not that it's really not that bad. Um, um, I mean, I, I I'm constantly attacked on on Twitter, frankly, um, and I I don't mind. Uh, it's it's um, you know, you have to be somewhat thick-skinned, I suppose, at times. You know, just because you're gonna they're they really will try to twist the knife. Um, but but I, but I think I think just like I said, just. Uh, as a, as a forum for communication, um, it, it's great, and um, and I would just encourage more communication, um, and, and like I said, to, to to sort of speak in an authentic voice. Like like sometimes people will have someone else be their sort of Twitter manager or something like that, and I think uh, you should just people should just do their own tweets. You know, <laughs> it sounds. Uh, it, it, and, and like sometimes you, you make a mistake or something, it's fine. Um, but I think just doing your own tweets, just like you would do your own, you know, you give a talk here or you would 
you know, have a meeting at a summit or something. Uh, I think that's that's the way to do it. Is is to actually do do the tweets yourself um, and um, and convey the message that you want directly. Um, yeah. So, but you know, I mean, one thing I should say on and I know this is called the World Governance Summit, um, but um, I think we should be maybe a little bit concerned about. Uh, actually becoming too much of a single world government. Um, if, if I may say that we want to avoid creating a civilizational risk by having, um, frankly, this may sound a little odd, too much cooperation between governments. Um, you know, if you know, if you look at, say, the at history and the rise and fall of civilizations, um, that really all throughout history, civilizations have risen and fallen, but it hasn't meant the doom of humanity as a whole, because there've been there've been all these separate civilizations that were separated by great distances, and so um, you know, say like while Rome was falling, it, uh, it you know, uh, Islam was rising, and uh, so you had like a uh, you know the the sort of caliphate do, doing incredibly well while Rome was doing terribly. Um, and that actually ended up being a source of preservation of knowledge uh, and uh, and many scientific advancements. And so, um, so I think we want to be a little bit cautious about uh, being too much of a world of a single uh, civilization. Because if we are too much of a single civilization, then if, if, we, if the whole the whole thing may collapse. Um, I'm not, obviously not suggesting war or anything like that, but I think we want to be a little bit wary of. Actually, cooperating too much. It sounds a little odd, but um, but we we just we we want to have some amount of civilizational diversity, such that if uh, if something does go wrong with some part of civilization, that the whole thing doesn't collapse, uh, and 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 you know humanity keeps moving forward. Thank you. Uh, I you see I, I hear you. I agree and disagree with you on certain point, and I think you know it's. Today, people, they don't fight with sword anymore. I mean, they have nuclear well, weapons. So if there is, there is this <laughs> conflict, the whole civilization will be gone. The whole human civilization will be gone. And what we are trying to do here at the Emirates actually is to do exactly what you are saying. We have 180 nationality. You have every single race, every single religion, and we're trying to create a model that show the world that it doesn't matter who you are, what your color, what's your religion, where you're from, you, humanity can live in peace and harmony. Uh, yeah. I mean, my, my, my last question, I'll go to Twitter uh, again, then we'll move out of Twitter if you allowed us. Uh, I mean, you've been running Twitter as, as the chairman, as the owner, as the CEO. And that's take a lot of time. Did you identify a CEO, and when you are going to hire him? Well, um, I, I think I need to um, stabilize the organization um, and just make sure it's in a uh, financially healthy place, um, and that the, the the product roadmap is clearly laid out. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm guessing probably towards the end of this year. Um, should would be good timing to um, find uh, someone else to run the company because uh, I think it should be in a stable position around uh, you know at the end of this year. Uh, Elon, uh, if we move to other subject, I mean, 
uh, at the summit here, we have speakers who speak about state of the world, a state of geopolitical of the world for the next 10, 10 decades, a state of the economy of the world, you know, now and in the next uh, 10 years. If I ask you about the state of technology, if you can elaborate a bit and brief us, how do you see technology in the next 10 years from now? Well, see, 10 years, it's always difficult to predict technology with precision, um, especially over a 10 year time frame when it is changing so much. Um, I mean, there's, there's, there's obviously the transition to sustainable energy uh, with uh, solar, wind, batteries, and electric vehicles. Um, and and that, that is, if you look at the percentage growth of that, that is a very high percentage growth. Um, although, because of the massive industrial base of, um, of the current sort of um, fossil fuel economy, it, it, even, like, even if all, for example, if, if electric cars were 100% of production immediately, it would take 20 years to replace the fleet. So this is still something that is quite gradual, you know, it's, it's measured in at least a few, you know, 30, 30 40 years type, type of time frame. Um, on, on a more a sort of near-term time frame, I think artificial intelligence is something we need to be um, quite concerned about and really be uh, attentive to the safety of, of AI. Um, you mentioned uh, ChatGPT earlier. Um, you know, I, I played a significant role in the creation of uh, OpenAI. Um, essentially, at the time, I was concerned that Google uh, was not uh, paying enough attention to AI safety, and, um, and, so, and so I, I with a number of other people, um, created OpenAI. And although initially it was created as an open source nonprofit, and now it is closed source and for profit, I, I don't have any stake in OpenAI anymore, nor, nor am I on the board, nor do I control it in any way. Um, but the, the ChatGPT, I think, has illustrated to uh, people just how advanced AI has become. Um, because the AI has been advanced for a while, it just didn't have a user interface that was um, accessible to most people. Um, so what really ChatGPT has done is just put an, an accessible user interface on AI technology that is, um, has been present for a few years. Um, and there are much more advanced versions of that that are coming out. Um, so I think we, you know, I think we, we need to really be, I think we need to regulate AI safety, frankly. Um, because if you think of any um, technology which is potentially a risk to, uh, to, to people, like if it's an aircraft or uh, you know, cars or uh, medicine, we have regulatory bodies that um, oversee the public safety of, of cars and planes and medicine. And um, I think we, we should probably, we should have a, a similar sort of regulatory oversight for artificial intelligence because um, it is, I think, actually a bigger risk to society than uh, cars or planes or, or uh, medicine. Um, so, um, and this may slow down AI a little bit, but I think that 
that might also be a good thing. Um, the, the, the challenge here is that government regulatory uh, authorities tend to be set up in reaction to something bad that happened. So if you look at, say, aircraft or, or cars, um, you know, if the cars were unregulated in the beginning, aircraft were unregulated, uh, but they had lots of, um, you know, airplane crashes, and in some cases, manufacturers that were cutting corners, um, and and a lot of people were dying. So they, the public was not happy about that, and so they established a regulatory authority to improve safety. And now commercial airliners are um, extremely safe. Um, in fact, they're safer than than if, if you were to drive somewhere. Uh, it's the safety per mile of a commercial airliner is better than a car. And, and cars are also extremely safe compared to where they used to be. Um, so, um, but if you say, if you look at, say, the introduction of seatbelts, uh, the, the auto industry fought the introduction of seatbelts uh, as a safety measure for, I think, 10 or 15 years um, before finally the regulators made them put seatbelts in cars. And that greatly improved the safety of cars. Um, and then airbags were another big improvement in safety. So um, my concern is that with AI, if, if there's something bad, that, if something goes wrong, um, the reaction might be too slow from a regulatory standpoint. Um, so I, I, I'd say like, it, 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 you know, if I say like, what, what are the biggest risks to the future of civilization? Um, it's AI, but AI is a double, you know, it's, it's both positive and negative. It has great, great promise, great capability, but it also with that comes great danger. I mean, you look at, say, nuclear, it, it, you know, just discovery of sort of nuclear physics, uh, you had nuclear power generation, but also nuclear bombs. Um, so, anyway, I think we should be quite concerned about it, and we should uh, have some regulation of what is fundamentally a risk to the public. Uh, yeah. Very uh, Let me move to another subject, uh, Elon. Education. I mean, you have your own philosophy about education. With AI, education might change dramatically. Can you tell us briefly about your philosophy of education? And number two, do we need two years of schooling and four years of university? Well, um, with respect to education, I think, in, in general, uh, some things that we could do to make it more compelling would be to explain to children why we are teaching a particular subject. Um, so, uh, the human mind has evolved to really forget anything that it deems um, un unimportant. So. Um, in fact, human memory is really quite quite bad um, relative to the memory of your phone. Your phone is can remember the entire contents of an encyclopedia down to the last uh, letter and pixel. Um, but human memory is, is terrible by comparison. So the mind is constantly trying to forget things. Actually, um, so if you but if you explain the the why why a subject is being taught, um, that will then establish relevance and it's much more likely to result in motivation for kids. Um, and, and also, if you, if you teach uh, knowledge, especially in the sciences, as solutions to a problem, um, 
it's much more effective. So, uh, like, let's say you're trying to un understand an internal combustion engine. Well, it's actually better to, to sort of take that apart and, and then say, okay, well, what tools do we need to, to use to take it apart? We need a wrench and screwdriver and various other things uh, to take it apart. Well, then, then, then you understand that the reason for the, the tools and so, like for, for mathematics, and, and it's are like tools in, in, in physics and engineering. Um, but if you if you but if you, if you teach to the problem and, and say, and then you understand, then you establish the relevance of the tools. Then you it's actually much easier to remember um, mathematics and physics uh, because they help explain how the world works, um, as opposed to teaching them without explaining why um, and simply teaching them. It's like instead of having teaching to the problem, teaching, currently people teach the tool. It would be like having a course on, on screwdrivers or a course on wrenches, um, it, but not understanding why you have a course you're learning about screwdrivers and wrenches. Um, I think this is really quite a fundamental principle that should be applied in education. Um, and, and I think sometimes we do, we do teach classes that, are, that children do not find useful and, and where the answer to the why is actually not going to be a very good answer. Um, most people, I think, will, do not find advanced mathematics useful and are unlikely to find it useful in their life. Um, or the elements that they do find useful can be taught very quickly as general principles. Um, I also think that a critical thinking is something that should be taught to children at a, at a relatively young age. Um, as, as effectively like a mental firewall um, to really think about um, when somebody tells you something, um, is it cogent, is it true, or what is the probability that it is true? Um, and so that you can be taught to reject things that are untrue or more likely to be untrue um, and favor things that are more likely to be true. Um, critical thinking, I think, is very helpful for, for people to learn. So is it 12 years of schooling you are with or without 12 years? Um, 12 years is a long time, I suppose. Um, but I, I mean, humans just do take a long time to mature. So there's emotional maturity, physical maturity, and mental maturity that is happening simultaneously with the education. Um, I, mean, I suppose it could be done in 10 years. Perhaps it does not need 12. Um, but, but, but then is someone mature at age 16? They're more likely to be mature at age 18. So I guess 12 years is probably not bad. Um, we probably don't need an additional four or five or six years in in um, college and university, that seems probably excessive. Um, I think we'll probably shave a few years off and be fine. Right. Okay. <laughs> Kids will love it, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, social media. But we spend so many hours on social media. I mean, the average sometime in certain country, three, four hours in social media. And sometimes when we go to our kids, we, we see them spending also long hours, part of its knowledge. Do you have any rule for your kids? I mean, how much they can spend in social media? 
I, you know, I, I generally not uh, try to restrict social media for my kids, although that might have been a mistake. Um, which kid it is, they, I mean, they've really been programmed by Reddit and YouTube, I'd say. Um, more than anything else, Reddit and YouTube. Um, I think probably I would limit social media a bit more than I have in the past. Uh, and just, you know, let's take note of what they're watching, because I think, you know, at this point, they're, they're being, like, programmed by some social media algorithm, which you may or may not agree with. Um, so I, I think uh, probably one needs to supervise uh, children's use of social media um, and, and be wary of them getting programmed by some algorithm written in the uh, Silicon Valley, you know, which you know, may or may not be what you want. Uh, Elon, you've been working very hard. I mean, since six years ago, we met. You look, you look much younger, by the way, than six years ago. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I know that you've been working for almost 20 hours a day. You sleep in the sofa in the office, maybe Twitter office, uh, Tesla office, you told me once we, I, I was with you at Tesla's office. How do you manage your life? I mean, with this stress, with so many different, you know, you're in so many different company parallel, how do you balance it? Well, I mean, I should point out that I, a 20-hour workday is uh, relatively unusual and, and rather painful. Uh, and, but but I, I, I do sleep six hours a night, so... Um, and if I sleep less than six hours a night, I find that I am... I might be awake longer, but I get less done. So... Um, but I, I, I do have a work ridiculous amount, I think, relative to uh, most people, in, in that it's pretty much seven days a week and mostly from when I wake up to when I go to sleep. Um, I'm not suggesting this is good for everyone, and I think, frankly, I would like to work a bit less than that. So, um, and it, you know, if I look at, say, Tesla, Tesla went through some very difficult times where it was on the ragged edge of survival, and, and uh, really, if I, if I didn't give it everything I got, I think the company could have easily gone bankrupt. It was really on the verge of bankruptcy for quite a while. Um, I don't mean to suggest complacency at this point, but uh, you know, it, it does require much less work um, to operate Tesla now versus, say, in the 2017 to 2019 time frame. Um, and it's, it's not at mortal risk of, of survival. It's, it's achieved economies of scale that make it you know, not uh, on the ragged edge of survival. Um, and then, then SpaceX also has a strong team and is able to make a lot of progress, um, even if I spend less time there. Um, it, it does help when I spend time there, but uh, you know, it, it keeps making progress even if I don't. Um, Twitter is, is still somewhat of a startup in reverse, and so there's a lot of work required here to get Twitter to a sort of a stable position. Um, and uh, like I said, to really uh, build the engine of engineering, of software engineering at, at Twitter and have it, um, you know, really have a, like said, a great product roadmap and, and the, the people in place to implement that product roadmap. And so it, it is not my intention to work um, 
like crazy. You know, I mean, I think I still, I, I, I got comfortable with a mere eighty-hour work week <laughs> would be fine. Uh, uh, and that's that is what I would aspire to. Thank you. Uh, we are running out of time. I have one last question I have to ask you. Sure. Three UFO been shot, one over Alaska, Lake Huron, and Canada. Alien, no alien. <laughs> I, I don't think it's aliens, no. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I do find the, the whole question of, of aliens um, a very interesting one. Uh, you know, what is typically called the Fermi paradox which is that if the universe is really as old as, it, as science seems to think, think it is, and as, and the, the, where are the aliens? Um, if, or have we really been around for 13.8 billion years? If so, where, should, shouldn't there be aliens all over the place? Um, why do, the crazy thing is I've seen no evidence of, of alien technology or any alien life whatsoever, um, and I think I, I think I know, um, you know, SpaceX, we, we do a lot, I mean, I think I know, I don't think anyone knows more about space, you know, than, than me, or at least the space technology. Um, so, but I think it's actually a troubling thing if there are no aliens as, as well, which is that, all, <laughs> uh, that they, what, what that actually could mean then is that uh, so, sort of civilization and consciousness is like a tiny candle in a vast darkness, and 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 a very vulnerable tiny candle that could easily get blown out. Um, and I think we should therefore take great care with what may very well be this tiny candle in a vast darkness, and make sure that it does not go out, and that we extend the light of consciousness beyond Earth um, and do everything we can to ensure that uh, the light of consciousness does not go out. Elon, we're running out of time. Thank you very much. And hopefully to see you next year with us here in the Emirates with your family. Sounds good. And uh, thanks, so much. thanks again for having me. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Thank you.